Hey everybody, it's Pastor Chip. Thank you for tuning in again today. I hope all are well. Um, today's my birthday. Woohoo! Happy birthday to me. Um, anyway, so um, today we're gonna talk about pets. Pets, yeah, dogs, cats, animals. Um, I had a rather lengthy conversation with a friend this morning, and they're talking about pets. And, you know, we were talking about people that get really emotional and, um, upset sometimes about preachers don't talk about pets about pets going to heaven or pets in heaven or the salvation of pets or etc but you know you gotta you gotta get back to your roots. You got to get back to the basics of what Christianity is, what the salvation is, who it's for. Um why is it this way? Well, humans are the only ones that have free will. And in Genesis, you know, God says he created all the animals, everything. He created everything. And then if you go back and you look at Noah's Ark, he even put two of everything and more than two of some and others for food and whatever on the ark. Caused them all to show up. Uh, They're the beast of burden for mankind. We've actually domesticated animals over the centuries and made so many different breeds by crossbreeding. I mean, dogs used to be like one kind of dog and one kind of horse and we've one kind of cow, one kind of sheep. And we've bred them and crossbred them and mutated them until we made all these little ones, big ones, fat ones, long hair, short hair. So we've got all these genetic variances of animals on the earth. And um, so, you know, I sat down with the trusty phone in my hand to get on the internet and look up animals in the Bible. Man. Man, oh man. I did not even know there were that many animals in the Bible. If I hadn't stopped reading, I'd still be reading about animals in the Bible. But just like Animals have evolved over the years, which, by the way, if you want to go read about 
some of that. Read about Jacob's sheep, how he peeled the strips of wood off and put it in front of the food trough so that the animals came and would see the strip of bark pulled off and they would breed and crossbreed. And he, he caused the first mutation we read about in the Bible, the Jacob's sheep. Go read about that. Um, I wrote a paper on that in a seminary. Um, but animals and people have evolved since the creation of time. And with that, so has the Bible and the translations of the Bible. You know, the earliest translations have been lost, and what we have are other translations. And then if you look at the Bible translators, they use words for things that didn't exist back in the time, like the Leviathan. They really don't know what the Leviathan was that was mentioned in the Bible. Some say the hippopotamus. Some say it's probably the rhinoceros. Some of the animals that are mentioned in the Bible, they didn't have in certain regions of the world at that time. They hadn't been moved through trade and whatnot. Some had. There's tons, tons of things that have changed over the years. Like the word corn, for example. Corn was only on the North American or on the American continent. Corn did not exist in the rest of the world. <coughs> Excuse me. Until they discovered the Americas. And then corn started being shipped back to Europe and it helped keep Great Britain from starving to death when they were having a, uh, a food shortage. So now corn is grown on every continent in the world except Antarctic. So when King James had the Bible translated and he says corn in, those, in the references, it wasn't corn. They didn't have corn back then. So they've interjected words that people were familiar with to give meaning to the scriptures. And a lot of the animals have been incorrectly translated and named and whatnot. So anyway, that's your little bit of history on Bible translation. But <clears throat> what about our pets? What about heaven? You know, Christ created us in his image. He created the animals for us. He has <clears throat> decree ways or things that, you know, they weren't supposed to eat in the Old Testament, not the New Testament. Um... Animals, you know, served all kinds of purposes. Beasts of burden, uh, food, clothing. 
It goes on and on. But are they in heaven? You know, if you look at a lot of old <clears throat> cultures, the Vikings, the Mongolians, uh, just a lot of the old cultures, they would bury the horse with the warrior when they died because they wanted him to have a horse to ride in the afterlife. Were they wrong? Were they right? Or do we not know? You know, just because something is not mentioned in the Bible doesn't mean it's not relevant or it's not going to happen or God doesn't take a pro make a provision for it. <clears throat> we don't know. We won't know until we get to the other side. But if Enoch was taken up on a chariot into heaven, chariots are horse-drawn. And if Jesus comes riding a pale horse, is it winged Pegasus? You know, um, but here again, does it matter? Is it the hill that you want to die on? You know, pick your battles. <clears throat> does it matter? You know, if you've got a loved pet and it's got to be buried or cremated or whatever, and you want to pray over it, does it matter? Is it going to change anything about our salvation and Christ who died for us? Remember, God created all things, all things for his pleasure. Everything. Everything. Don't be exclusive because you can't prove the exclusivity. Don't deny things that you you can't deny. Don't tell people what you can't say for certain about the Bible. And I'm going to give you an example. This is Isaiah 11, 6 through 9. And he's talking about um, the coming of Christ and the heavens and all. It says, The wolf also shall dwell with the lamb. The leopard shall lie down with the young goat. The calf and the young lion and the fatling together. And a little child shall lead them. The cow and the bear shall graze. Their young ones shall lie down together. And the lion shall eat straw like the ox. The nursing child shall play by the cobra's hole. And the weaned child shall put his hand in the viper's den. They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain. 
For the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Now, I know this is a lot for a deep discussion and further thought, but how about this nursing child he talks about and the weaned child? I mean, I know there are children in heaven, but a nursing child and the weaned child, and is this after the thousand-year reign on earth when Christ restores and makes his dwelling place everything on earth and everything's living in peace and harmony? That's what I think. But let's look over at... um, Acts. Acts 20. 27. It says, For I have, (coughs) excuse me, (coughs) I have not hesitated to proclaim to you the whole will of God. Well, the will of God is that we believe that we preach the gospel that we don't criticize, that we don't condemn people, that we do only that, nothing more. Um, 1 Corinthians 2, 9 says, But as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. He said the things. We don't know. We don't know what's going to be there. Why do we want to steal people's joy? Steal their thunder? Snatch the rug out from under people. Why are we a mean and hateful people that we just can't say, you know, somebody says, I wonder if my dog's going to go to heaven. And people say, oh, the dog's going to heaven. Well, how do you know dogs don't go to heaven? Why don't you just say, man, wouldn't it be great if when we got to heaven, all my dogs, what I had when I was a kid and all my buddies and my favorite dog were, were all up there? Man. I mean, heaven is a place of happiness and perfection. Wouldn't that that just seal it off for you? Why do we have to steal people's thunder? By the way, of all the hundreds and hundreds of animals mentioned in the Bible, the cat is not mentioned once. Not once. Hmm. Anyway, there's this guy, his name's Thomas Campbell. He lived from 1763 to 1854, and he made a very profound statement. He was the leading figure of the Restoration Movement. 
And he said, where the Bible speaks, we speak. Where the Bible is silent, we are silent. What does that mean? That means we are to preach only what the gospel tells us to preach. We're not to preach what's not in the gospel. We're not to witness to what's not in the gospel. We're not to point out things to people that we don't have the power, the authority, or the investment of God to pass judgment on people. We're only to lead people to Christ. We're to show the love of Christ. We're to show compassion. We're to pray for people. We're to lay hands on people. And any of these people out here that are listening to my podcast now, and they're one of my former professors or our current professors or theologians, and they say the gifts of the Bible ceased to exist when the canon was closed, I'm just going to say it right now. Y'all are full of crap. You expect me to believe that God wants to save me and, and prayer works, but the praying and laying on of hands doesn't and lifting people up and your, your different gifts that they don't work anymore. You expect healing people doesn't work anymore. You're crazy. If God is God, He is unlimited. He is not confined by our tiny, teeny, tiny, little bitty, insignificant brains. He is capable of anything and everything. <clears throat> and if He wants your favorite pet to be there when you get to heaven, it'll be there. And this is Pastor Chip. I thank you for tuning in. I thank you for listening. God bless. Please keep praying for Kylie. Please pray for Crystal. And please pray for my friend Jeff. And uh, let's just keep lifting everybody up in prayer, people. Lift up the whole world. It's not going to hurt. There's no limit on your prayers. You don't get cut off if you reach a certain number. The prayer hotline never gets overloaded. It should get overloaded, but we don't ever overload it, I'm sure. This is Pastor Chip. God bless. Be safe. Until the next time.